One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Mustafa Ali has asked for his release from WWE. This happened, imagine what, like yesterday afternoon? Um, like it was evening for us. So like yesterday afternoon uh, for our US viewers and for SP3 here. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D, and I'm joined by a fellow D-A-D, Dads Inc. Coming together once again, SP3. How are you, sir? Very happy to be back here. My first podcast with luke of 2022 dad's inc reunited i felt <laughs> felt like i was on christmas and new year's vacation and i'm back at school so it feels oh, good delightful stuff and always wonderful to have you on this show and we actually are talking about a fellow dad in terms of mustafa ali who and I can't use the term broke the internet. I think like that makes me sound old as a old as anything because I don't think anyone uses that term anymore. But like so last night in UK time, yesterday afternoon, Mustafa Ali posted up on Twitter, I have asked for my release from WWE. And I all of a sudden I just saw this outpouring of love for Ali. And it's a guy that I think has been, do you know what, actually, before we dive into things, there was a comment that was left on the news video that I did today that I wanted to read out because it was a really, really nice way to put it. It's like, so it was from the one and only Michael McCormick who said, as much as it feels in poor taste to try and turn a man's career trajectory into some kind of grand narrative, it's difficult not to look at Mustafa Ali and see a microcosm of all the things WWE does wrong with its talent. And it sort of blew me away because like the first half, like first third of my news today was kind of just recapping Ali's run in WWE. And it is a story of just stop, start, failed runs and this, that and the other. Um, First of all, uh, what did you make of the news when it happened? I think like many fans, I was not surprised because, you know, it's been very telling that he's been off of television for so long. And especially the Chicago edition of SmackDown when he wasn't around just a few weeks after he cut that promo, which was supposed to introduce the New America gimmick. It just like I I recapped his whole career, his whole run on the main roster. And if there was ever a run or a career that just spelled missed opportunities it's mustafa ali this man didn't even win the cruiserweight title drew gulak and enzo amori won the cruiserweight title but mustafa ali never won the cruiserweight championship even though he was called the heart and soul of 205 live 
Do you know what's funny? Like when I was writing up my recap of the news today, I was talking about that, like the WrestleMania match. I cut it out of my yeah. script in the end, but I was like, he had that WrestleMania kickoff match against Cedric Alexander. And I remember them talking about like, oh, he's the heart and soul of, of the Cruiser of 205 Live. And I was like, in my head, I wrote in my notes, like, and that was where he won the Cruiserweight Championship. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, he didn't? Oh, I guess he just won it at a different time then. And now I didn't even look at further. He didn't win it at all. I could have sworn he did. No, he, he literally had, in my opinion, the greatest 205 Live rivalry and match of all time against Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy. And they were tearing it up in 2018 when Cedric Alexander had the championship. Cedric loses it to Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy has a match with Mustafa Ali at Survivor Series that year. But Mustafa Ali never gets a run with the Cruiserweight Championship. So, like, even the, the smallest level in WWE, when you go to the main roster, the Cruiserweight title, literally, you just had to be a Cruiserweight to be a Cruiserweight Champion. When you look at the list of champions they've had since 2016, yet Mustafa Ali never won that title. Uh, so, more details came out of this, like, very shortly after... Um... Uh, Ali had asked for his release and actually it's because so Ali wasn't at Smackdown again this week and he hasn't been on TV since the week before Survivor Series I think was basically well actually, that's a lie actually I think it was like early October I think was the last time he was actually on TV when he lost to Drew McIntyre it was like two weeks after the draft and um so Sean Ross started to like ask around you know hey where's Ali being because I think a few people were asking him in like you know chats and stuff why hasn't Ali been on TV so we started asking around and it was just very coincidentally then Ali asked for his release. So Sean had a buttload of details on this release to post up like almost immediately after this news came out. Um, and it turns out that the creative thought that Ali wasn't around because he was on paternity leave. And as it turns out, he wasn't. He had asked for just one day off for his paternity leave and he was ready to come back he's been available to come back since december he has been missing since the week before survivor series as it turns out he had a quote heated exchange with vince mcmahon backstage over their creative because they had done and they were planning this whole new america gimmick that he was running he posted up the promo video for it the same day as full gear last year and i remember going into the office before the full gear reactions and saying that i, I had two things to say to wallace like did you see eddie kingston's promo on cm punk the razor blade promo because it's so good the snail and the razor blade because it's so good and also did you see mustafa ali's like scrapped gimmick thing and in my head the way i read the tweet that he put out saying like powers beyond my control put this to bed and you know, we're going to go ahead with it i thought it was a fox thing i thought like oh man fox put the kibosh on this according to srs it was vince mcmahon was the one who was never on board with it and nixed it originally. What? So, I mean, first of all, you've probably thought about the promo a lot already, but I wanted to get yeah. your thoughts on it. And that bit of news about this sort of heated exchange and, and the, the, the argument that he had with Vince. This is a, another instance that I, I kind of, it kind of makes sense to me because when I watched that New America gimmick, I was like, this is just so creative, so innovative, so different from everything else that we see on WWE television. But I put my Vince hat on and I realized that's too creative for WWE <laughs> and it didn't come from this man. I feel I have grown this uh, basically perception of wwe if something is too creative and it's not created by this man he's intimidated by it 
and he's intimidated by people like Mustafa Ali that's always thinking of different ways to go about his character, different directions. This is a guy that seceded as a courageous babyface who used to be a police officer in Chicago, Illinois, and then a bitter heel who felt like he just kept getting missed opportunities. So he could do something very unique with this new America gimmick, but it's just too unique for WWE, in my opinion. It was such a cool video as well. Like, a, I mean, it was a really well shot video and a really well performed video as yeah. well. Like his promo was so, so great. And it's so convincing. And there's actually a, a thing from the Fightful Select Report that I wanted to read out here, uh, which is that Ali was well-liked within WWE. And we've had numerous talent mentioned their desire to work with him since he was initially brought to SmackDown. Uh, that call-up was only supposed to be a one-off. He was also known for often pitching his own creative and having ideas for his own character. Now, I wonder, SP3, if we're going to see some reports in the next week or so that he was difficult to work with backstage. <laughs> This report even just sets it up like, oh, my God, he's always so coming to us with creative. He doesn't like our ideas. He's difficult to work with. That's what they always say about someone who wants more out of their career or comes up with different ideas, even though for uh, you, me and Luke, me and Luke have been fans of professional wrestling for about the same amount of time. How many times did we used to hear, you just got to reach for the brass ring. If they're not oh, yeah. coming up with things for you, you got to come to them with the idea. But yet, yet and still, every single superstar that we hear here doing things like that, Bray Wyatt is another example of this. They get they get pegged with this type of reputation. And it's just not right, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. Mustafa Ali is just a very innovative and creative person like he's not just a great in the ring type of guy that can do high flying do technical he can really flesh out a character and the dead on arrival retribution is the example that i will always bring up he did more with that gimmick than wwe even tried to do and he explained the names he explained the reason for the members joining the group he explained how it connected to the smackdown hacker gimmick yet and still that run, that push for Retribution lasted about three weeks. They feuded with another heel stable in the Hurt Business, and the Hurt Business came out of it looking better. It's just like, it, it's so disappointing because there was so much potential in that New America gimmick, but it just feels like anytime Ali came to them with something that would be very, you know, diverse from everything else that they have on, they just rejected it automatically. That retribution stuff I found to be really interesting because I remember at the time, like Ollie and I doing the raw reviews and being like, this don't make sense. Like none of this really, when you kind of break it down, none of this makes sense. Like, why do they have these new names? Like, why are they never talking about how like they are like they keep sort of talking about how they're sort of NXT call-ups, but they're yeah. also not NXT call-ups? Like, why is Ali with them? Why is he randomly also just the SmackDown hacker? Like, even though, you know, that was sort of like the proposed plan and everything like that. And we would have people in the chat being like, you need to watch Raw Talk. Check out Ali's Twitter, because he is bending over backwards to make this make sense. He was doing everything he possibly could. Like you said, it was like, this is why they have names. It's because the WWE have a terrible list of, of, and I wanted to show them what it's like to be given a name that sucks. And it's like, okay, well, why is it? Well, it's because of this. And so he was doing so much groundwork and absolute diddly dick of that hard work was being translated to the main product. Because you then watch Raw and SmackDown, you watch Raw, absolutely none of that's ever brought up 
like it's only Ali and the people within Retribution who are trying to make this work. And the company one was like actively working against them. And I, like they were a dead on arrival group anyway, because they came out with these stupid costumes and these stupid names and the slapjack mask and all this sort of stuff. And everyone was like, all right, yeah, this group is proper lame. But credit to Ali, credit to T-Bar, credit to Mace, credit to Slapjack, credit to all of them for trying to make it work. And actually, like, you know, I was very harsh on Retribution uh, during last year. You know, I, you know, and the, and the year previous, I suppose, as everyone was. Yeah. I think with the power of hindsight, and now that it's done and dusted, it's in the ground, and now Ali's looking to go, and actually, like, there's only two of the members of Retribution still left in the company... I think we now can, I, I, for me personally, I can be like, I was quite harsh on the group, but credit to them for trying to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. And I just thought about that. It just hit me that if Ali gets granted his release, that's four out of the six members of Retribution. They get released just a few months after they break up. My God, this is this is a candidate for the worst stable in <laughs> wrestling history. Like, it's no joke. But I have a question for you, Luke. Do you, mm -hmm. How long do you think WWE is going to stress this out? Because the fact, to me, mm -hmm. the fact that Ali made it public with the tweet yeah. tells me he's already requested his release to WWE privately. He, you only 100%. do this if they're not listening to you. Because we've seen it with Brody Lee. We've seen it with others in the past that have done this when WWE has kind of took your request on deaf ears. How long do you think they're going to stress it out? Well, I mean, this is what SRS had to say. It was like, a higher up in WWE tells us that they've granted release requests as of late because it would be difficult to justify not granting releases when they've had so many budget cuts as of late. And I think that's what this comes down to. Like, actually, you know, we found out post, you know, them getting released. Some of the last rounds of releases were also people who had requested their release. Grand Metalik was, he asked for his release and then was just sort of lumped in with the rest of the people that were also released on the same day. I would wager that he will get his he will get it granted because i don't think wwe can have any form of reason to keep him on board there was a report from ringside news so do take this with a pinch of salt that uh wwe are quite happy to let people go if they ask for their release unless it's someone that vince mcmahon wants to keep on and when you kind of look at ali's run i can't see ali being a guy that that Vince McMahon has been high on or wants to keep on because all they've done with him is stop, start pushes and given him creative that he's not on board with. So whether they stretch this out, I can't see it lasting beyond this week. Like maybe even like, by the, even when this video goes out, it may be out of date. Like we may be in one of those sort of situations. <laughs> well, what about you? Do you, do you, are you, do you think they may stretch it out? I, I think they will. I, I don't think Ali's getting released until after WrestleMania, honestly, because when you look at... lumped in with that like post-Mania release bump, right? Because you, you just brought up an, a key example, Graham Matalik and Lince Dorado. I heard reports of them asking for their release in August. They didn't get released till November. Like WWE does it on their timing. And Graham Matalik and Lince Dorado is two people that... WWE have less for than Mustafa Ali. So if yeah, they true. took that long to, to you know, give him the request, I think they're going to wait that long with Mustafa Ali. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him to television and did something with him, not something important, but have him come on television to lose to somebody before he would get released. 
But then, do you think he goes? Like, do you like not? I mean, like, does he go to the company? Like, do you think he goes to TV? Like, if he hasn't been backstage, he hasn't been in any live event at all since November. Then, do you think he actually agrees to do that, or do you think he just sits at home and he just waits for that that call to come in? Like you say, this is a public asking. Like Grand Metalik and Lindsay were, you know, they were reports they were asking. They were just a backstage thing, kind of like in the same way with FTR. Like FTR never publicly asked for their release. There were just lots of reports out that they had asked for their release. Brody Lee is a good example of someone who just posted up on Twitter, I'm done. I need to go and I'm asking for my release. Um, so yeah, I think because it's so public, I can see WWE coming to terms with it and probably just, you know, saying to Sean, Hey, look, we've cut him. Can you put it up onto Fightful and and, and just make the announcement? Because I believe you don't make the announcements themselves anymore. They no. basically just I think they just tell Sean and just like, hey, can you do this for us? <laughs> like, like Sean, we're about to put out the new future endeavor uh tweet. Could you put this report out before we do that, please? Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about the, the the New America thing, because after the New America thing fell apart, this is what uh, SRS is reporting via Fightful Select. Uh, we're told that in its place, there was a pitch from Vince McMahon uh, for, quote, something Mustafa Ali would never have done, end quote. And that's what led to a heated argument between the two. Now, a lot of people jumped onto the idea that it was going to be something uh, race-related or it was going to be something uh, religion-related or something like that. What Sean expanded upon on the backstage report is that he doesn't know what the pitch was. He doesn't know whether it was controversial, doesn't know whether it was anything like that, doesn't know whether it was just something that Ali wasn't uh, comfortable with. He doesn't even know if it was just a bad idea. All he knows, it's something that Ali wasn't on board with. Um, we've seen WWE have a history of this sort of thing, you know, and, and like I've seen some people say that I felt uncomfortable about it when Ali cut his last promo on SmackDown, which is like, you fans are booing me because I don't look like you. But for me, that was a setup for the new America gimmick. That wasn't a setup for what this new potential Vince McMahon gimmick was. Yeah, I think I think that was him going in the direction of the character that he wanted to be. Um, I I didn't feel that comfortable with that promo either because I felt like Mustafa Ali d doesn't need that type of promo. The you people promo and you know relying on race, uh, I, I that's a that's a touch a, a thin line that WWE doesn't know how to skirt very very well at all. So um. I mean, I, I just don't understand why they just don't let him let him do this gimmick. Honestly, just give it a chance. Like it, it's either going to fail or it's not. I, I wanted them to give it give it an actual shot, an actual opportunity. But like I said, when it's too creative, when it's not Vince's idea, he kind of rejects it automatically. But I mean. I, I just I really I really don't don't get it at all because it Vince McMahon, you can you can let him try it and if it fails, you're right in the end. If it succeeds, you can say it's your idea. So I don't understand how it hurts either way in giving it an opportunity. The fact that we just have this social media video and they did nothing on television besides that promo, I think that's the most disappointing and most disheartening about this whole situation. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. 
Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I love the fact that, you know, people are coming out in support of Bali. We've even, like, Ricochet replied to the tweet being like, you know, I love you, man. And I, I think that Sean is right in his report that he is very well liked backstage and very well respected yeah. by his peers. Uh, I think that it's, you know, and that's why I went back to that comment that was left on my uh, edited review today, because I think it is, he is a guy that you can put up as the poster child for failed creative and the microcosm of things that are wrong within this company. He was a guy that was going to be going into a WWE championship program with Daniel Bryan when he was then champion, because Bryan quite rightly was telling people in WWE, I don't want to be working with 40 year olds. Like I want to be working with young baby faces who can come after me. And so Ali was put in that position. Unfortunately, you know, you got the injury that led to Kofi mania, but then the, you had a chance to redo this over again with money in the bank just a few months later. And what did they do? Pull the rug out from him again because Brock Lesnar. And like the, 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 that story still blows my mind. So the story is, and this is Ali's own words. This is not a report. Ali didn't know he was going to win the match in the week before he was winning You know, he the match. He was like, all I was told, you're in the match. Day of the show, he is told, you're winning money in the bank. So he then spends the whole day being like, awesome now it's my time to shine the elimination chamber didn't quite work out for me because of the injury i'm so pleased for kofi and everything like that but now is my time to shine 
He is literally about to make his entrance. And Vince McMahon pulls him to one side and says, you've just got to go for the briefcase. Don't grab it. Freeze and react. That's, that's it. That's all he was told. Wasn't even told Brock Lesnar is going to come down and, and win money in the bank. All he was told was, you're not winning now. Before you make your entrance, like what is your mindset during that match? It's incredible to go back and watch that match because you wouldn't know that no. he has been told you've been, you've actually just been screwed out of this opportunity that we said you're going to have. And then Brock Lesnar comes out like it was an insane moment. I like that's that was the win that really would have changed his career, the trajectory completely to be told just before you go out, you're getting hyped the whole day. Like you're going to have the biggest moment of your career and yeah, just react. And then you then you see that it's Brock Lesnar, a man that doesn't need any type of money in the bank to get an opportunity that's the guy that's going to win the money in the bank to set up a rematch from WrestleMania that we already seen. And it would have, it would have worked out gold because at that time when I think when money in the bank was going on, Kofi Kingston was still WWE champion. So the, the story was right there. I saw Adam with his rebooking of Kofi mania, like the Mustafa Ali catalyst for his heel turn should have been Kofi Kingston as WWE champion. Use the real life elements for that feud. And I think that all of us would look back on Kofi Kingston's WWE title reign a little bit more fondly if we had that rivalry instead of the one rivalry that we remember is based on something that happened now 12 years ago when Randy Orton called him stupid. Like it just doesn't make any sense. And then when that doesn't work, he comes up with the SmackDown hacker gimmick. Like people forget that SmackDown hacker gimmick was one of the, the best things on SmackDown in, in early 2020. And that was the whole reason we found out the whole collusion with, with uh, Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler against Otis and Mandy Rose. That just gets dropped. Like it's just frustrating how many times he's been let down by creative and then that that quote in the Fightful uh, report that he's too polished, too nice. I, I don't I just don't think you have it in you. That is like the worst thing you could possibly hear from your boss or promoter. Like uh, when I used to work hotels, if my if my boss said you you're too you're too proper, you talk too professional, and all the things that should make you good at the job, they literally are telling you you're too much of that. And that's not going to work for me. That is just the most damning statement of them all. Like, so, I mean, also, I'm just going to correct you on one thing there. Uh, there was some good stuff on SmackDown. Jeff Hardy threw piss into Seamus's face. Let's uh, not forget that. Think DUIs? Think <laughs> DUIs? Who wouldn't love that? Exactly. There was some other good stuff on SmackDown. Um, I wanted to highlight this comment here from Chance that just said, Cross had the same story with his match against Jeff Hardy. Cross went out there under the impression he was going to have this 10 minute match with Jeff Hardy and then is told as Jeff Hardy is making his entrance oh by the way it's actually 90 seconds now like that's that is an insane way to operate a company but you know that is where we are now um so the other thing to talk about here I suppose is I mean, I don't know what we want to sort of lead on to now. Do we want to talk about like, we had his W title thing. We had Money in the Bank. We had Retribution. I think, you know, the last thing that he had was the tag team with Mansoor, which I thought was really fun. I thought they had some really good backstage segments and I was really enjoying their matches, really enjoying the chemistry that they had. 
it for me its problem was and i highlighted this on the raw podcast is that he was an odd couple tag team while at the same time you had odd couple tag team randy on an rk and, and matt riddle who are way more over than they will ever be and odd couple tag team nikki ash and rhea ripley so all of a sudden you're like well you're the third odd couple tag team you're the third wheel in our odd couple tag team bicycle and it, and it, that's why I don't think it ever really got over to the degree that it, it should have done. And really, it was just there so Mansoor could have a win in at Saudi Arabia. Yeah. My question is, though, why didn't they win the tag titles in Saudi Arabia? Like, give Mansoor a title win in Saudi Arabia. So many people I heard talking about that and saying that that, that was what they were leading to because we all know Mansoor wins in Saudi Arabia. So it just made sense that that was going to be the payoff. But literally... Two weeks before they go to Saudi Arabia, I guess Vince just came to work and was like, you know what? We're not going to do no tag team match. We got to do Mansoor versus Mustafa Ali. And literally with no buildup, no sowing of the seeds, literally every week it was just, you know, Mustafa Ali was getting more closer, uh, was getting closer to to Mansoor and like saving him from the attacks of Mace and T-Bar. And then one week he just was upset that he lost a match and then attacked him. That, like, I, I I am blown away by how many, like, crap stories he got that he made something out of and got people invested in, yet WWE just completely dropped it and blew it off without any forethought or any, like, stopping and thinking about it. That was the key with Mustafa Ali and Retribution to me, is that it felt like when you were seeing the stuff he was doing on social media, that he stopped. And he thought about what they had done with Retribution and how to make it make sense. And WWE, in the entire run of Mustafa Ali, I don't think they've stopped and thought about, like, hey, let's do this with him. Let's do that with him. It's just randomly, let's put him in a tag team with Mansoor. Let's make him the leader of Retribution. Let's let him do that SmackDown hacker thing. Let's let's have him win money in the bank. And then randomly, all of those things just get dropped. Yeah, right. And like, And then what did it lead to? Mansoor got the win in Saudi Arabia, and now he's just in another random tag team. So and it's people, like no, nothing progressed. People don't remember he, Mustafa Ali got his win back on the SmackDown the next day. Like oh, that, yeah. that's that's like <laughs> that's like the the men in back pen. You forgot. You completely <laughs> forgot that. Then because the next week they completely washed that away by having him lose to Drew McIntyre in what may be his final WWE match. So let's, uh, wrapping up, before we get into your ultra chat, uh, wrestletalk.com forward slash support, do join in the conversation. We've had a bunch of chats coming already, so I'm really looking forward to getting into those and hearing your thoughts on all of this. Um, is, what is next for Ali? You think he's going to be around for a little bit longer? You think he's going to be the post-WrestleMania releases? If that is, but if that's the case, whether he gets released tomorrow or he gets released in April, what do you think is next for Ali? I, what I really want for Mustafa Ali is I want him to tear it up on the indie scene. I feel like the independent wrestling scene is hotter than it's ever been before. And there's a lot of different promotions where, you know, there's not just like one guy that's going around the indies. Like uh, like three or four years ago, Keith Lee was like the king of the indies and Matt Riddle was the king of the indies. There hasn't really been a king of the indies since AEW has come in and signed a bunch of the hot independent talent. So 
if Mustafa Ali can go to the independent scene, he's a Chicago uh, wrestling legend. So going back to freelance wrestling would be great. Warrior wrestling is like an all-star game of, of, of Chicago independent wrestling. He would do great over there. GCW is about to have their first ever pay-per-view this Sunday. He could be amazing over there against AJ Gray, against Effie. There is so much that he can do in the landscape of independent wrestling wrestling and there's not one guy that is not signed by a major promotion that is going around to them all i feel like he can really like make his stamp on 2022 by doing that first before he goes to like uh aew and impact wrestling at mlw i feel like that's what that's the move that he needs to do to really kind of wash away the bad taste of his wwe run just going to correct you once again there, SP3 as well, because as Seth Iroth points out, Matt Cardona is the king of independent wrestling. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the deathmatch king, ladies and gentlemen, exactly. not the king of independent wrestling. There's a difference. There's levels to he, this. He just retired at another ECW championship. <laughs> like, there's no stopping him. <laughs> nope, nope. I, him and him and Joey Janela, I, I can't wait to tear it up. I'm going to be there live at Hammerstein. So oh, are you? Yes, oh, I can't I'm, wait I'm to see you live. So jealous. I was actually talking to Denise about this uh, the other day because, like, you know, because like Janice does, uh, De sorry, Denise, Janice, Denise does um, like ring announcing stuff yes. at GCW, right? I, I was saying to her that one of my New Year's resolutions this year is to get into GCW more. Because like every time, because like I follow a lot of a bunch of them, right? Like you know, I'm Effie and and sort of and people like this, and like every time I see clips of GCW, I'm like, damn, that looks so much fun! Like, what a fun show that looks like! That looks really fun, and that is like I'm using this as like my sort of jumping in point. Like that's yeah. so. This will be like my first proper GCW event that I'm going to watch from start to end, and I'm really, really stoked about it. It's an amazing card. Also, it's the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's an amazing uh, event, and actually, just sort of seeing the way that uh, GCW, like Brad Lauderdale and the people who work there, talk about like their fan base and things like that. I'm like, damn oh, man, this is this is pretty wicked. And it was when like I, I Ali, when you know he asked for his release. I was in this mindset where my first thought wasn't AEW or Impact or MLW. My first thought was like, oh man, GCW would be an amazing place for Ali to go there. Yeah. Because like, talk about a guy who's just going to fit in. Like what a, like in a hand in glove type situation there. He like with his charisma, his attitude, his creative, he will fit into GCW so perfectly. Yeah, like GCW is just like a whirlwind of your wrestling lifetime watching it. Like I watched a show where I saw, you know, up and coming talent like Ali Catch and Ninja Mac. And then I, I had a succession of matches where I saw at in 2022, I saw John Pierre Lafitte and Flash Funk in matches on a GCW event. And then Double J Jeff Jarrett came in and hit a woman with a guitar. Like that is just a, you feel like you're on a favor pitch dream watching GCW. I can't wait. Like this Sunday feels like barely legal. ECW barely <laughs> legal energy to it. It's the first pay-per-view. It's going to be great. But like, I agree with you. Mustafa Ali and GCW right now with everything they got going on, that would just be a match made in heaven in my opinion. With that said, I'm just going to go AEW because there's just a bunch of matches there that I would love to see. I mean, you want to talk about like, you know, you said he's a Chicago wrestling legend. Well, I mean, there's another Chicago wrestling legend right there. Like, woof, you do that match at all out? Huh? 
like you and you know you know AEW would do it. Like I I know <laughs> AEW has a a kind of a bloated roster at this point, but there 100%. are ex- there are exceptions to the rule. Shane Shane Strickland is one of them. Keith Lee is another one, and Mustafa Ali is definitely at the top of that list. Uh, right, okay, let's get into your Ultra Chats on this situation. Ding, ding, ding. That is your last call for the Super Chats. The Ultra Chats, sorry about that. Sorry, Mod Mother, I got it wrong. Uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Blind Raw kicking us off, uh, saying it's more than just the wrestling. Ali wanted to portray a character that is truly representative of what it's like for people like him and a product like WWE just isn't interested in something that's real. WWE doesn't get that kind of real as a product. I think perhaps, yeah, and I also like, I think WWE are, are pretty much towing a very safe line when it comes to things. Like, you look at the comment that they made in that Toronto Star article about AEW being like, you know, oh my God, did you see they had women out there self mutilating each other for, for entertainment? I don't think that sponsors or network partners or children or venues and this and the other. So I think they are playing, to, playing a very, and towing a very safe and uh, a, a very safe line. They have got network partners they've got sponsors they've got shareholders they've got this that, and the other kids in the audience do they want to put out a character that is like actually asking questions of this thing and making people go like huh you know that black mirror effect of like you know you're seeing your own reflection maybe they did want to just play it safe and be like i don't think this is for us yeah there's just a level of authenticity that just wouldn't work in in WWE, it's kind of why Eddie Kingston didn't sign over there. When you think about people that just feel real in wrestling, Eddie Kingston's at the top of that list. But in a lot of ways, Mustafa Ali is as well. He is a product of his experiences, you know, growing up in Chicago, being a police officer, everything he's seen along the way. He has that that authentic feel to him when he speaks, especially those early promos when he was cutting the promos outside in Chicago with his own money, cutting the cutting the you know making the videos and stuff that's authentic and wwe does not do that actually we've got to give a shout out to those promo videos right like you said they were all done by him like he was putting the effort in to make that no one else was doing promos like that on smackdown and i remember like reviewing it i was doing the edited reviews of smackdown at that point being like this is mad creative but i'm waiting for it to go somewhere and there was never an end goal for it. Like he was just no. kept off TV for seven months. Like that was the end goal of it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they wanted to do something with like Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was the one that really pushed to feud with Mustafa Ali. But I, I, what we've heard so many times, an injury and then WWE never gets back to you. They don't, they don't yeah. cycle through and then be like, okay, now you're back. You're healthy. Let's give you what you were supposed to get. Nope. You just got to go to the back of the line, take a number. Uh, the Gildy Hat said, I said it at the time, and I'll say it again. Mansoor and Ali's tag was a better version of Ray of uh, RK Bro. And splitting them up did nothing for either of them. I hope Ali gets to do what he wants. His wrestling is too good to only be on his Twitter. That's very true. Oh, actually, that's reminded me. The other thing, speaking of his Twitter, he wants to be in a Marvel movie. He was like, like talking about Blade's uh, casting call that we're looking for people like him. And he was like, hey, I'm people like me. And, you know, maybe that's something he does. Like, if he gets out of the wrestling game for a bit, maybe you try his hand at acting. He's a fine actor. 
Yeah, I mean, if you see him in the ring, especially like his training videos on his social media, he moves around like a superhero. He would he would not be, you know, uh, around peg in a square hole in that. He kind of fits very well in that spectrum. Uh, Mr. Smith said, hey, guys, when I first heard the reports of Ali's confrontation with Vince, I figured it was over a racist, stereotypical Middle Eastern character. But knowing Vince's weirdo past, having similar beefs with CM Punk Stone Cold, could this lead to a pipe bomb too? I don't think so. Like, I think you got to remember with the Punk pipe bomb as well, Punk was already an established top guy. Like, I don't, yeah. I can't see WWE just taking a risk on Ali being, like, put him out there and, you know, do another pipe bomb promo or, like, something along those lines. I, if they haven't had faith in him prior to this, I can't see them having faith in him now. Perhaps I'm being too pessimistic on that. I know I fully well admit that maybe I'm being too pessimistic. I, do, I don't see it personally, though. No, this is, this is you making a, a rational, uh, you know, take on it based on what you know about wwe this doesn't seem like wwe's mo when they're trying to re-sign someone like like cm punk here's a live mic go cut a promo see we, we we're giving you what you want we're giving you so it's like it's like you're, you're you're giving him the breadcrumbs leading him to sign the new contract with mustafa ali it's I could see them giving him a shot with the new america gimmick before i could see him getting a, like a pipe bomb promo mm-hmm uh peter mullins what i hate aew had a trans woman with women's title match don't worry this sounds like it's bad but it's not uh what i hate aew had a trans woman win the women's title ref by a by referee against a foreign woman and none of those things were storylines they were just normal in wwe we have ali he's muslim must be an anti-american heel i guess awful i don't like i mean bear in mind like the new america thing was Ali's idea like that was his creative so I, I'm not going to hate on that too much because and I don't think that that's WWE going down their usual path of things that was his that was his pitch uh whether I don't know what WWE's or what Vince McMahon's secondary response pitch to it was yeah I think that this was like more of like a multi-layered character where yeah it could be seen as just another you know stereotypical type of gimmick but Ali was putting his thoughts into it it was supposed to be thought-provoking insightful at the same time it was supposed to get him over so I think that it's a little bit different if this was WWE's idea I understand where you're coming from but because it's Ali's idea I hadn't had more faith in it than usual uh, always be scamming it says hello dad and sp3 hope you're having a wonderful day if someone buys wwe they should release vince for budget cuts and say he was difficult to work with keep on jamming that jam have a wonderful day uh Furthausen, who's been a member for three months thank you very much said ali could show um could show he's a great uh, and add to the x division impact uh sorry ali could show he is great and add to the x division awesome talent by being champ in impact Next option C for Impact Wrestling. Ooh. I don't mind that, mate. Don't mind that at all. I, I thought about the potential of him. Like, I, I know people automatically, when someone is uh, asking for the release or gets released from WWE, it's to AEW confirmed. But yeah, yeah, totally. I, I'm for Ali. He can rise through the ranks a lot faster in Impact Wrestling than he could in AEW right now because he's the type of guy that could be a star in the X Division against Chris Bay, Ace Austin, and he could be in the main event scene against Moose and Josh Alexander. So I would love to see him in Impact. 
totally. Oh, by the by, did you watch um, Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise over the weekends? I watched a little bit of it. I still need to watch Thunder Rosa and uh, Taya Valkyrie because I've heard some great things about that one. Dang, it's good. Real, real good match. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed that. Uh, the Fatal 4-Way, because you mentioned Chris Bay then, and I was like, oh, yeah, like the, the um, yeah. Zicky Dice thing. Yeah, fun show. I, I enjoyed it. Um, also, my boy Cram Bear representing on commentary. Uh, Stephen PD 101 said, hello, fellas, quick question. Do you think Ali would have ended up as WWE champion had he not suffered the injury in 2019? I don't think so. And I really don't. And I... And I'm kind of basing that again. Perhaps this is me just being pessimistic. I base that on what we got out of Kofi's run after he had the belts. Because I think when you look back at Kofi's run, that it is a run that screams, We didn't want you to be WWE champion, but we had to do it because the fans asked for it. <laughs> and and I think they were sort of gave him that treatment as such. So I don't think they would have rolled the dice on Ali either, personally. No, because even if you look at his booking before the injury, nothing told us that they were heating him up for a WWE championship run. It was supposed to give him a big opportunity, a WWE championship matchup at WrestleMania. Even in the loss, he gets over in that in that type of scenario because he's in there with one of the greatest of all time in Daniel Bryan. But no, I, I do agree with you. Mustafa Ali wouldn't have won the WWE championship at WrestleMania 35. Oh man, someone in the chat is just pointing out Terminus was last night as well. Yes. There's more wrestling that I need to catch up on. I haven't seen anything yet, but like, man, you want to talk about a cool looking card. Holy I, heck, I did I did see Jonathan Gresham versus Josh Alexander. Sorry oh, to interrupt yeah? you. Go out of your way to watch that. Oh man. Okay. That might be something I did this afternoon. Uh, Chuck Cassis has been a member for six months in a row. Thank you, sir. Said, I hope he gets released because he'll be better off in other companies that understand talent. Not just AEW, but Impact and the Indies. Love y'all. God bless. Kevin said, uh, I rewatched that Raw Talk promo where he shot on Legends Night saying, these legends paved the way, but when are they going to let me walk on that way? It's such a powerful line. All the while, Truth and Car Charlie Caruso were saying, duh, respect your elders. <laughs> Cheers, legacy, blah, blah. <laughs> you gotta isn't love that, it. Isn't that a WWE thing as well? It's just like these legends have paved the way, but you, you can't walk on it. You just got <laughs> to respect them. They're still walking that path. <laughs> You'll get your turn eventually. That pave is only about 30 years old. You got to walk around <laughs> it. Don't walk on the pavement. Walk on the grass, please. <laughs> walk around the pavement <laughs> it's funny you know you mentioned that brass ring line earlier you know you gotta like always grabbing the brass ring i'm watching royal rumble 2004 for a wrestle talk extra on patreon and rick flair literally just cut a brass ring promo to benoit where it's like everyone around history and reached the brass ring i was like oh, god this company has not changed at all in nearly 20 years they will they will continue to cut those type of promos for as long as fans say someone is underappreciated or underutilized, WWE will continue to cut those promos. Just gotta grab those brass rings and like and then and and now we've got AEW have a stupid brass ring ladder match where they're grabbing the in Sonic ring and stuff. Uh, <laughs> that last 
What a stupid match. And our last uh, chat here comes in from Harriet Manga Girl. Lovely to hear from you, Harriet. Thank you for coming to my live show over the weekend as well. I truly appreciate you and for lending nice. me a Castlevania game on the DS. Uh, who said, usually I'm upset when people are released from WWE, but when Ali gets his release, I'll be happy for him. So it gives him a chance to spread his wings finally. That's a very true point, actually. I think there have been... You know, over the last two years where we have had these huge amount of names released, there has been this mixture, and I've seen it in the in the chats that we get, both the live chats, comments, and the ultra chats and things like that, and actually just, you know, chatting amongst, like, uh, you know, my friends and, and sort of, like, wrestling people at, at all, is that it's a mixture of, man, get it that these people lost their jobs. Oh, man, can't believe that this company cut people in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, man, can't believe they've lost their livelihood. They uprooted their lives and moved there, this, that, and the other. But at the same time, you're like, but there's actually a bunch of opportunities out there and they might, they're probably going to flourish more now that they've been given their release. So it's like, you know, you're trying to find that positive within the negative, trying to find that silver lining in there. You know, when Keith Lee was released, I'm like, FWWE, how can you release Keith Lee? How can you screw it up? But at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, but if Keith Lee comes back to the UK and starts doing the indie, uh, indie scene again, I'm going to be absolutely beyond thrilled. So, like, you know, it's, it's there's a balance there. It's the same with, you know, you mentioned Swerve Scott earlier. Like, once Shane Strickland is back in there in the independent scene, I'm like, dang, man, and I'm super excited for that. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen uh, MLW Azteca teased him coming in as Killshot. So, so really now. <laughs> yeah, so so there's a there's like so much potential out there. Seriously, when you look at the entire wrestling world, like regardless of how AEW's roster is, they're gonna sign a few more people that they feel are worth that investment. Uh impact wrestling seems to be the forbidden door of professional wrestling because they've worked with they're working with WWE. They've worked with New Japan. They worked with AEW. They're working with everybody over there. Uh, GCW, like we said, is hotter than it's ever been before. You know they're going to do more pay-per-views probably this year at bigger venues. So that's a good option to go to. MLW is brave enough and feels like they're big enough to sue WWE. So that's a good option as well. <laughs> so there is like there's endless options in professional wrestling at this point. This is the best time. If you don't feel like WWE is utilizing you the way that you feel like your talents deserve, get out and go somewhere else. There's not just AEW out there. There's an entire wrestling world at your fingertips. Uh, we've had one more chat come in, actually, from the legit underboss, who said, I would love to see Ali in AEW with his new America gimmick against Cody with his old white picket fence America gimmick. You just blew my mind. That is like the dream match to end all dream matches. Oh, I am mad. I have done an article with dream matches for Mustafa Ali and didn't include <laughs> Homelander, the savior of racism. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mil million Cody ended March. It. <laughs> he ended it. It's not a problem I anymore. I know. I was at the Million Cody March. I was there. <laughs> I was there when he saved racism. You know, the I have a dream speech. I was there for all of that. <laughs> All right, well, I think we'll end it there. I think we'll call it a day on this one. This has been a real, like, it's been a great show. I always enjoy doing shows with you, SP3. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, plug away, sir. Where can people find you? What do you got coming up? You can find me on the Twitter machine at TrueHeelSP3. You could follow 
the True Hill Heat YouTube channel over there as well. Subscribe. We go live every Saturday with our flagship podcast at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, 4.05 p.m. UK. See, I'm getting my my time's right. And uh, you can also see my uh, written work at WrestleTalk.com and check out the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast with myself and Rick Uccino breaking down the latest wrestling news. And as always, thank you, Luke, for having me here. You are one of my favorite people in wrestling media. The Dad Squad, the D-A-D Inc. <laughs> is back together. And I hope that we have a bunch more good times talking about professional wrestling and maybe some happier news than what we talked about today. <laughs> 100%. Also, I don't think I can let you be on here without you pushing your Degrassi podcast. So oh, do you want to uh, talk about that for a bit, all right? I, 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 I mean, I, I do a victory lap, ladies and gentlemen, because if you haven't heard, due to myself and Steven Jensen, we <laughs> created the Degrassi Dudes podcast every Friday on the True Hill Heat Wrestling Twitch channel, as well as Fight Talk Twitch channel. We watch old episodes of Degrassi, talk about Degrassi, and because of our work, they're doing a revival on HBO Max. I am so excited. I already, I will already say to all of you people, because I love Wrestle Talk, I love this platform. They need to bring back Manny Santos. Manny Santos is the Degrassi goat. If you, if you know, you know. Oh, well, I mean, on that note, I think we'll uh, end on this bombshell. Thank you so much, as always, my friend. An absolute pleasure, as always. Thank you all so much for joining us on this stream as well. Uh, give us a subscribe if you haven't already. Give this video a thumbs up. It always helps us in the algorithms and whatnot. Also, we are, let me just have a quick check where we are. I think we're just under 60K. I'm trying to push us to 70, and we're going to be doing a Royal Rumble randomizer 10-hour stream once we hit our goal of 70,000. Yep, we're just shy of 60,000. Uh, 60, so that is my big push for 2022 is to get us to 70. Would thoroughly appreciate everyone supporting us. And thank you so much for watching. Thank you, SP3. Have a great day, everyone. And I will see you next time. I'll see you tomorrow for the Raw Review. Jam that jam, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 